against a couple. Some ball in towards Shushayenta. Back off the post. Mobois for MacArthur. A quite remarkable story. the only podcast that covers the MacArthur Bulls, the A-League, and all things football from two brothers in the southwest. In a garage. In a garage with a picture of Anthony Golick in the background. How are you, how are you today, Dan? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you know, feeling good after a good win on the weekend. Uh, you know, even though I was at NPL side, uh, thought we did okay, more so in the second half, but it looks like you know, hopefully things are turning around after, you know, a pretty torrid pre-season. Um, but yeah, doing alright. Yeah, how good was the away day? Hey, just going up there with the boys, getting on it, enjoying well, ourselves. I was Dezo, so... Even better, hey? You know. <laughs> but no, um, our, our match against Newcastle Olympic, it was a nice little ground, wasn't it? Yeah, um, you're nice and close to the action, you know, they had you know, quite a support turnout for Newcastle Olympic. A lot of uh, home fans, you know, giving it to us. And, um, you know, our away numbers were all right. Like, what can you expect, really, when it's an almost three-hour drive to Newcastle on a windy day? Um, for an MPL side. For an MPL side. But, you know, you would have hoped there would have been, you know, some more. And there's a few late pullouts in the bullpen, but, you know. What can you do? It's a tough ask sometimes. It's pre-season still. Yeah. Exactly. I know a few people who are like, oh, we're playing Wellington this weekend, what? Um, so yeah, it'll, the people will stroll in, but um, the boys that were there made, you know, really good noise and, uh, you know, we even had a pitch invasion, so yeah, shout yeah. out to Matt Grimshaw. He thought that goal for Lockie was in, but it wasn't to be. Well, that was the hat-trick goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if you've been living under a rock, Lockie Rose has already equaled his uh, goal tally for last Doubled. season. Doubled. Doubled his goal tally. I thought he scored two. Ooh. He's got a tap in off Charles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think he's good. got another one. I don't think so. I think he scored two. Oh, I think, okay, are you counting the one against. Uh, Not the preseason. Preseason? I don't think so. Okay. Let us know uh, <laughs> in the comments how many goals did Lockie Rose score last year because we can't remember. Yeah. There's too uh, many to count. <laughs> um, but no, the game itself, like, we dominated as expected. Um, you know, I don't think anyone foresaw a Newcastle Olympic win, although obviously. Before the game, you get those little bits of nerves, like yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. It could just be luck of the draw, uh, or, or you know, a famous stuff up by one of our players. But thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, bit of a unique lineup. Uh, we saw some players played maybe out of position. Uh, most shockingly of all, after bigging up during the week, thinking he's going to do heaps of damage, and he has the quietest game I've ever seen for a right back. At right back, it's Mili Najjar. Yeah, left-footed right-back, you know, maybe we're trying something a bit more inverted with uh, Craig Noon ahead of him at right wing. Um, but you can't have two people cutting in, can you? Um, but yeah, uh, we saw him on a team sheet and we're thinking, are they going to put Lockie Rose at right-back? Because, you know, he played a right-mid, right-wing-back role last season and did okay there um, for the most part. But yeah, surprising to see, you know, a player who... For I think most of his career has been either like a winger or a striker, 
I fill in at that right back spot and um, and wasn't he solid? Well, I mean, <laughs> it didn't have much to do really. Like 100%. Newcastle just had their entire starting eleven in their own box for you know ninety percent of the game, so he's not going to have much pressure on him. Um, you know, there's a few nerves at the start for him, but it was you know putting in the effort, doing as much as you can when you're right back and you're not under threat by any attacks at all. Well, it was good. He was overlapping because, I mean, Craig Noon, I think he had a bit of a, uh, what would you say, an inauspicious start to the game. Like, the first half was a bit... Oh, no, he, he provided two assists, yeah, but, but the other two that landed, hey. We've, was, got, we've got some statistics here on Craig Noon and the team as a whole. Um, in the whole game, we had 41 crosses as a team. And Craig Noon had 23 crosses, but three assists. Three assists. So, and we won that many corners. His crossing too. accuracy wasn't horrible, even though in the first half it was seemed that way. It, you know, the first like 35 minutes he wasn't really finding the target, and then so once he got into the rhythm, and you know maybe he had to adjust to the wind. Yeah, it was a howling wind at our back, and and his back coming from that direction. Yeah. So you can understand why he overhit a couple of them, maybe. The wind took him, but uh, yeah, once he got his eye and he was putting in some brilliant balls, and I think you know the fact that he was able to find Lockie Rose on on his head twice when he was marked by at least you know two centre backs all the time, three even, three even sometimes, like quality crosses yeah. uh, were coming in eventually. So yeah, I think it was just about finding his eye. He looks still a bit short of a gallop, but uh, you know he was pretty sharp with his touches. Just I don't th- didn't see him get really into out of first gear even. I'd say. Maybe it's the opposition brings that out of him. He knows he can just sort well, of take his time. They're like they're not pre- they weren't pressing us, you know. They're just standing back and crowding the box. So eventually, you get into those attacking situations where you're just knocking it around side to side, and you can't. No matter what movement our players are making off the ball, you can't penetrate just because there's too many numbers. So I guess we did fall back into that, just cross it in there and hope we find a head and. Thankfully, yeah. we did. Uh, the first goal coming from Juvenovic. Who else? He, he loves a header, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, you get it in his vicinity. He's a bit like Harry Sutar for the reason, you know, hopefully no ACL injuries impact uh, Juvenovic. But, yeah, you get it in, in his vicinity and he's going to get it on the end of it. He's the tallest bloke I've ever seen and he can jump too. Yeah. Um, but, no, our, we, our game was pretty good. Um, back, going back to Moody, though, like, he did get around... Craig Noon do those uh, overlapping runs and he put a couple of decent balls in but yeah, not much he could do I guess you've got to just play the opposition and you can only do what you can do but um, yeah, Moody had a decent game I don't know if he'll feature at right back again that might have been a little experiment from Ante just to see yeah. how he goes but um, you'd like to see Moody get some more minutes maybe during the season or even in the cup uh, up front where it seems to be his preferred position yeah. Well. When we saw the lineup, like you said to me, um, there's just such a competition for those attacking spots in the side, and we've got, you know, some days you're going to have to start Juric on the bench or you know, Torre on the bench when mm. you know these are starting eleven daily quality players. So like seeing Moody breaking into that would be a tough ask for him. So like you said to me, oh maybe they've sort of tried to transition him to like a fullback sort of player can play left or right back um, which I think is a sensible thing to do I guess yeah. rather than him just 
sort of wasting away on the bench. Like, it's hard because you want to see all these young players succeed, but you know that just with the amount of uh, depth we have in certain positions, that it's going to be slim pickings for some of the players. I mean, obviously, we want them to develop and become part of our team of the future and carry us forward to success, but many of them could look at leaving if they're not getting the time that they need at this time of their career. Yeah, like even uh, before the season started, there was the rumblings of like Charles leaving because he won first-team football and it was a bit contentious whether he'd get that opportunity with the likes of Much, De Villa and... Milligan at the time. Oh, I'm sorry, Milligan was stopped, but yeah. yeah. Um, just like the sheer amount of numbers in the position, um, mm. but it looks like he's... Cemented that spot. Cemented that spot, yeah. Grabbed the opportunity with both hands. Um, starting in centimetre alongside De Villa and Jordan Much. I thought in the second half, Much, when he took a bit more of an advanced role down the left side, he was working well, like able to sort of pass and then move into an open space and sort of create a bit of um, penetration. Yeah, and it was what we needed. Like uh, in the first half, he was definitely playing a bit more conservative. I think Ante wants him to be, again, the sort of Ben Yat Milligan when he was in midfield role of just being that pivot, that anchor of the midfield and just being clean, nothing too silly, move the ball along quickly, pick the right pass and just like screen the defence. He's doing that great, but like he wasn't really challenged, so he did. He was afforded that space in the second half, and I think he showed that he he can you know pull out some quality moments and. I don't think he'll really get that kind of space in regular season too often, yeah. uh, but it's good to know that he's got it in his locker. Um, what we didn't see was too much of Ulysses De Villa. I mean, a couple cute and quick touches uh, on the edge of the box, but he was always quickly closed down because of the way Newcastle Olympic set up. They had the bus and one striker, yeah. and any time it went into the middle, they were very compact. Um, De Villa almost always had four people around him, and uh, it meant that he had very little time on the ball. So it was always that one touched up. He's doing some nice one-twos actually, linking well with uh, Daniel De Silva. And I think that's a combination we're going to see flourish as the season goes on. But um, yeah, I think tactically we're looking really good because either a team goes compact against us and they try to snuff out De Villa and you know, to an extent De Silva in the middle linking up. Um, or yeah, And then, then we're forced to go wide and we've got the quality of Noon and others to swing it in. Um, and if that doesn't happen, if they're closing down on the on the wings, um, we've got that space inside, we've got that creative player in De Villa to find the assist. So I think Ante's really gone and picked specific players that match the style of play we're looking for and always gives us an option to be uh, putting the ball into, diff into difficult to defend areas. Yeah, um, hit the nail on the head there. Can't really <laughs> explain much more than that. Like. All right, well, well, let me ask you this. What do you reckon at, um, about Lockie Rose at, at striker? I think it's a, like, we saw him pressing the keeper mainly um, and the centre-backs if they got the ball, but Newcastle a lot of the time just tried to hoof it up the field. They didn't want to try pass it out the back, really, until the second half. Um, but if Lockie can sort of lead a press for us, like, we haven't really been a pressing side, have we, uh, last season? No, but it's nice to be able to have that in your wheelhouse, yeah. uh, depending on how the other team lines up. I could see, like, I don't know if you saw Holman when he came on, but he had a few good touches and yeah. like looked really lively. 
Um, so I can see a thing where we're starting slow and uh, building up, you know, that sort of slower possession style play that we had last year. And then Ante just goes, look, it's the 70th minute. Let's get the young lads out there and just, like, press, rip them to shreds. Yeah. Because um, I think the full 90 minutes or however long Lockie played for, might have been, like, 80 or something. Mm. He was just non-stop pressing, shutting down all the options. So, And it was a really cool thing to see, too. He's, uh, he's a lot more vocal. I mean, maybe he was doing a lot of chat uh, during last season. We just didn't hear him because we were sitting away. But... Um, you could really hear him on the pitch, uh, especially the first half hour when we were getting a little frustrated. Like there was a foul on Noon in the box that didn't get picked up. Charles got chopped down in the box too, oh. and that wasn't awarded. The refereeing was a little we bit don't, we haphazard. Don't, we don't typically like to bang on about the refereeing, but it was a it was a bit mediocre. I think the ref was sort of, you know, the thousand or so Newcastle fans. He was just sort of listening to them for his decisions. I think because yeah. there, there was a. A ball over the top they put against us, and Jovanovic has like it's sort of half gone over him, so he's chested it down to the side to like Moody or something. And of course, the crowd's screaming, Oh, hit a ball, ref! <laughs> and immediately he's just blown the whistle for it, but yeah. like clear as day off the chest. Yeah, so he's had a couple howlers, but I suppose you expect that when you're playing away to an NPL side in the FFA Cup. Yeah. They, the crowd does get on the ref and you don't always get the same level of refereeing that you would in the A-League. But um, in saying that, like we we could only beat what's in front of us. I heard a, something the other day about Newcastle Olympic as well. Because of COVID obviously having affected the previous season, um, they've only been in training for three weeks. So really, oh, yeah. I mean, the pace of the match, you could see it was a little bit like a training exercise at times. and. You know, we ended up with, I think, 89% possession over them across the whole match. And, um, you know, it'll be good for the boys' confidence, especially Lockie, to get on the end of a couple crosses. But he, he couldn't really show his full game. Um, he couldn't really get involved in the build-up play that often, given how Newcastle Olympic lined up. And you could tell by the end of the game they were they were huffing and puffing. Like, they were really struggling. Yeah. Uh, so playing an unfit side, good for the confidence, but... Uh, the real test will be on the weekend when we play Wellington, which we'll preview in a bit. Yeah. Um, one more thing about the Newcastle game. I thought uh, Tommy Uscock was class, even though he had all the time in the world. To like, to be honest, no one was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one was, no, one was no one's challenging him, and if the striker was like, it did well the couple of times he was under pressure, able to you know skip past the striker and progress it a little bit, which I think. He's a good uh, successor uh, to Milligan in that regard. Yeah, I think uh, he looked really confident and sharp. Like, he was very switched on, wanted to move the ball quickly. Um, you can tell that Ante's having a look at him. Um, he knows what to expect from Sujnia. I'm sure Jovanovic is just you're getting his fitness back as well. But um, Uskok, I guess, is a bit more of an unknown. Um, and, you know, getting a look at him and, and giving him his chance there. Um, he seems to be wanting it, wanting it really bad. Yeah, and it's what you want. You want that competition for spots. Yeah, exactly. And it gives us that sort of leeway if we do end up going to a back five because we did line up in a four-five-one or like a four-three-three sort of thing. Yeah, um, it, it's pretty dynamic. Like you saw, even uh, Moody at sometimes was all the way the last man before Suman. And shout out Nick Suman, top clean sheet mate. Uh, but. Yeah, sometimes it's back there, sometimes it's all the way up. Uh, I think 
the players just know oh, I've got a fill in here depending on the situation. Yeah. So we might line up at a, in a certain way for kickoff, but that doesn't stay that way for very long. And uh, you know, sometimes you have even yeah, much was getting up to the eighteen yard box at a certain point from the defensive mid position. Like they're just dynamic, and that's what you love to see because uh, sometimes it can be very hard to defend against if you're expecting oh this person plays this position he's not going to push on and then he does you have certain people winding up in positions that you're not expecting um yeah it's good yeah and plus at times last season we were, we were a bit too rigid i think just having you know other denny or Banyat in the two midfield holding midfield slots just not having much movement from them on the rare occasion that genre would you know, do a charging run through, but did he, he didn't really have the license to do that last season anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, he was more of a holding midfielder at the end of it, which is what wasn't what I thought he'd be uh, for us. But there you go. Um, we also had the draw on Monday uh, to see who our next opponent will be. Seeing as though we've gone through to the next round, the round of sixteen, so we'll either be up against Sydney FC or Sydney Olympic, depending on who wins the game on Wednesday night. So catch that one. Um, and it'll be an away game. So another away day in Sydney somewhere. Uh, I don't know who's more likely. I mean, you'd probably say Sydney FC will get the chocolates there, yeah. um, but you don't know. Like, yeah. Especially with Sydney FC's starting schedule, they've got uh, Wanderers and us like within the first couple of weeks, and uh, you'd say they'd want to start the season with a win of the Sydney Derby. Oh, yeah, so maybe, sure. they're, maybe they're going to start some youngsters and, you know, that could breeze through or it could be really difficult for them because our uh, NPL comp for Sydney Olympic, they would have had much more time uh, than the Northern comp to prepare given the COVID restrictions and how that all worked out. Mm. What were you saying? Um, do we know the Sydney Olympic and Sydney FC game, who's at home for that one? I think it's Sydney Olympic. Yeah. Is that home? Yeah. Okay. Well, that could play a role, I think. The Sydney Olympic fans yeah. definitely get up for that game, I reckon. For sure. Um, but yeah, be interesting regardless who we play against. But um, yeah, it's only like a, what, five-day turnaround for them for the Wanderers game. So maybe they do end up uh, putting some youngsters out there. But you'd still expect them to go through. They're class all over the... Like, they did a swap 5-0 pre-season, but... Bit iffy on the, the on whether that was uh, you know full strength side from either of us, but yeah, we don't need to bring that up. Don't need to, <laughs> we've moved on. We beat Newcastle Olympic three 0 so we can we, we can, can be happy with that. Yeah, we, we can fly the banner. And now we've got positive momentum leading into the season. Exactly. Isn't it funny? A week's a long time in football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we jump into our preview of our first round matchup against Wellington uh, this Sunday seven pm at Campbelltown Stadium. We're going to look at the FIFA ratings, the ratings that FIFA has given our MacArthur FC players. So, usually FIFA, you know, they're pretty spot on, at least for European sides, but they, they always, severely, yeah. severely underrate Australian footballers. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start with our top rated player, of course, Ulysses De Villa. Um, he's got 76 pace, 78 dribbling, and 75 shooting, all the stuff you'd expect. I thought his passing would be higher at 72, um, but, you know, I suppose you can't overrate him. Although, um, he, at 30 years old, he's still got a ceiling uh, for his potential. He could reach much higher. Next up, we've got James Meredith. 
Um, 76 pace, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you might think it should be lower, 72. Uh, I saw, I mean, he can, he can motor. And we should mention De Villa is only one of three gold-rated players uh, in the league. So oh, yeah. he's up there with... Got a gloss over that. He's one overall less than Diamante and McLaren, which I think is fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but not doing too bad. He's class. I mean, for his position, he's, he's unmatched in the league. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Meredith, 75 physical, 61 passing, 65 defence. I think that's a fair aim. Yeah. He's, he's uh, a top quality left back. I think that's solid for an Australian left back, uh, you know, in the A-League. Yeah, I mean, if he was South American or from Europe somewhere. Meredith. Yeah, Meredith. Yeah. Uh, I think he's in the 70s for sure, but that's solid. Uh, our right mid, Craig Noon, 77 pace. I mean, he wasn't showing it on, on the weekend, but he's got it in his locker. Um, he looks 62 there, passing. There was one, um, I think it was in the second half, it might have been the disallowed goal. Yeah. Um, that Lucky Rose scored. He did a quick little hesitation and then moved it to the right foot, put a foot on it, and then went again and just left the defender in the dust. Oh yeah, his dribbling's top notch. Yeah. Um, his body feints and uh, what he can do to get around a defender, make that space for the cross, is is pretty top quality. So you can see why Ante bought him. Um, but I think as he gains his fitness, he'll he'll be a lot uh, a lot more dangerous for us and. I mean, as we talked about again, there wasn't a lot of space to run into, so he could hesitate. Yeah. He could take his time, pick his pick his cross. Daniel de Silva, sixty-seven rated. Um, interesting for Daniel de Silva because I mean, you cast your mind back when he debuted for Perth as a sixteen-year-old. Um, he was hyped as like the next big thing for Australian football, um, and you could say that you know his move to Central Coast maybe hampered his career a little bit, being thrown out there in what was at the time a really you know, poor side, mm. um, being forced with this responsibility to sort of carry a team that, um, you know, he didn't really have many mentors around him that could really elevate his game. So he ended up going to Sydney FC for a bit and did well on his loan spell there, but didn't get a whole lot of game time. Um, so he's at 67, but we'd expect, you know, with proper game time, with the kind of calibre of player he's got around him, I think he'll go for a real uh, upshoot this season. Yeah, and next up... Um Tommy Orr, 73 pace, 67 dribbling. I think that's, you have to say that's fair, I think. Um, yeah, 65 then, passing, I don't know, like, he's only some got, of the balls he's able to put in. He's only got 67 crossing, which is a bit, that's a bit of a farce. It should be a, at least high in 70s. In the 70s, yeah. I mean, he's made a career of it, swinging yeah, the ball in the right exactly. places. He said it himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. Tommy Urich. Tommy Urich. 69 shooting, I think 77 been, physical. I think he's been done dirty here. Former Socceroo led the Wanderers in their um, ACL triumph, right? As a youngster. Has gone and done it overseas. Yeah, he's had a bit of injury issues and whatnot, but he's, he's so good. Like, for him to be doing his 55 passing and only 69 shooting, like, come on. He, he, can, he can get it done and he's got a wealth of experience. He's been really let down there by the, the FIFA scouts. Yeah, you know, I would expect more pace, um, but what can you expect with uh, EA Sports not giving Australian football the credit it deserves, you know? Yeah. Uh, Jovanovic. Jovanovic and Sujnia, right? Jovanovic 66, Sujnia 65. I mean, they're pretty similar players. 
switching yarn is a bit quicker, but would you actually say that that's, that's proper? Would you say switching yarn is the better defender? I think they're, the they're pretty even. Um, like, I'm happy with that. I wouldn't say one's better than the other. Like, if they were the same rating, I think it would be a bit more fair, but... Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean... Do you reckon Shuzhina is better, or...? Well, by what metric are you measuring it? Because, like, Jovanovic is unbeatable in the air. He's calm at the back, but then in in broken play, like, when we're having a cover, I think Shuzhina is is quite dominant. Um, yeah. Jovanovic sometimes gets left in the dust by some quicker players. Shuzhnyar is that nice last-ditch defender who puts his body on the line and, and makes the crucial tackle. Um, I guess they're, you know, they're very similar attributes, but in many ways they're very different players. Um, we have 63-rated Jordan Much. I think that's a bit criminal. He's, he's, yeah. he's fast it, on the ball. Should at least be silver. Um, but, you know, hopefully you can uh, get that next FIFA, you know. <laughs> Good season with us, maybe he gets into, you know, 65, 66 territory. Yeah. I reckon. Um, but yeah, you know, because we're on the bronze cards now, so <laughs> they start looking a little bit suspect, but this one was surprising me. Liam Rose, 75 pace. Um, he doesn't really usually show how rapid he is. Uh, I haven't seen him sprint much. No. But, <laughs> but 77 physical as well, which, you know, he, he runs all game. Yes, yeah. pretty solid. His so. his dribbling's quite good. I think he's been done hard by there with the sixty one dribbling. But um, yeah, I think if we if we get a bit more game time in him, I think he could be a really good player for us. I think uh, you know long term he could be the replacement for Milligan. And uh, you know he's shown in glimpses like quite sharp dribbling. Um, you know, get evading the defender and just good distribution with his passing. Uh, I think he's a little inflated there only because he, he started so young with the Mariners mm. and he had a, a really good breakout season there. So we know, uh, even if he hasn't really shown consistently the potential he showed that season, we know that that's ca he's capable of it. Yeah. Um, Jake McGing. Our right back, Jake McGing, this is a bit criminal, <laughs> but you know he didn't play much last season, only towards the end he really sort of broke into the side um, and was able to be a regular fixture because, you know, Franjic is class right back. Yeah, um, for Australia, of course. Like, yeah. Hard to displace him. Um, but, yeah, you know, obviously we'd love to see some better stats on him, but um, what are you going to do? Definitely the the pace, the dribbling, passing needs to be up a, a bit more, I think. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't watch last season. I don't think they watched the A-League at all, uh, <laughs> if I'm honest. They just saw the De Villa and who else tied for the player of the season vote? I forget who it was. Ninkovic. Yeah. I mean, I think Ninkovic's card isn't even very good on FIFA. Yeah. I think, I think he's a high-rated silver. Yeah. So, a bit criminal all around. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully the league gets a boost in profile and then all the players get the proper ratings. But next up, we've got our third-string centre-back, Anthony Golek, 62-rated. That's a class-looking car. That's a class car. That's... Yeah. Man, that's going for millions. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, 48 pace. I think it should be 50s, but, you know... Probably, he, probably he, accurate. He defends, like, he doesn't need to run because he's always winning the ball where it needs to be. 
He doesn't need to turn around and run. So. Oh, he's been done dirty with the forty-four passing as well. Like he's not he's not shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think the next bloke got done with the passing. In. Oh, this This is criminal. This is ridiculous. A Thirty-seven six, passing. Sixty overall. Fifty-four pace. Thirty-three dribbling. Thirty-seven passing. Mate. <laughs> Uh, that sucks. Unlucky, was he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Uh, nah, he's definitely going to announce himself this season. I think so. I reckon he could boost up. He could be better than both Jova and Sujnia. Yeah, 100%. If he um, has such a commanding performance like he did against Newcastle Olympic. If he does that every game, it would be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, next Lockie up, Rose. Lockie Rose. Now... I can cut him a bit of slack because he sort of came out of nowhere last season. Yeah, plucked from obscurity MPL two. Yeah, meteoric rise really. Um, but fifty four pace is just you having a laugh. That's yeah, they haven't seen a game, have they? And you know, to be fair, for his fifty nine overall rating, having sixty dribbling, fifty seven shooting, fifty eight passing, fifty four defending, like that's a solid card for his rating. True. But um. That's they they really horribly underrate young players. Yeah. Like, in what world is... I'm sorry, but in what world is, is Lockie Rose running at the same pace as Tom Wascock? <laughs> you know? Right. How is Jordan much faster than Rose? Right, he's rapid. <laughs> um, I suppose we haven't seen training. Maybe, maybe he just looks faster on the pitch because of his hair. Yeah. Next up, we've got... In attacking midfield, Charles Mambua, and you know, it's it's like again they haven't seen him play, yeah. Because you know, even to the untrained eye, you can see how sharp he is on the ball. He's he looks like he's gone up another level just from watching him on the weekend as well since last season. Um, you know, forty nine shooting. Hopefully, we can see him score more goals. Get that one right up there. Sixty dribbling is a laugh, right? And he's 58 passing, 58 physicality. I mean, you could maybe say, oh, look at him. He's only five foot something. Yeah. He must be not very strong. But again, they, they don't know what they're doing. We've got a right to FIFA about this. Yeah. We're going to make a petition and get 100,000 signatures for him to <laughs> actually employ a scout for the A-League. Um, I'll put my hand up and I'd happily take a paid job scouting the A-League for you, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> they're going to see this. Yeah, no. Um, We'll go through the last few of them. So, Suman, 54-8, a goalkeeper, unproven as of yet. I think his ceiling's massive, but that's probably a fair rating for how much, you know, game time. Yeah. He hasn't been able to show much yet. Um, same probably goes for Muni Najjar. I mean, he was touted as a, a real top youngster, but he hasn't really got the chances he probably deserved yet. Um, maybe he can get those minutes here at MacArthur. Jake Holman, Antonis Martis, and Michael Ruse round us out. So, Holman on 53. Um, we know how much of a beast this guy's going to be. Yeah. He just needs the minutes in his legs and to show what he can do. I and think I think he still needs to find his best position because a lot of time when he comes on, it'll be either centrally or out wide. And, you know, he's typically done well wherever he's been deployed. But I think hopefully for him, he can sort of say, this is my position and then just, you know, ascend. And just own it. Yeah. Sort of like how Charles entered the, you know, midfield last season, just like realise ah, oh, this like I think Holman is probably one of our most creative players in the squad still. Like he, like 
even though we've got the Villa, the Silver, and Noon, like none of them are going to run at the defense like this kid. Yeah, he's fearless, eh? Um, maybe still a little green, and yeah. maybe you know certain situations he goes too far with it, but certainly a dangerous player. Unfortunately for him, he's probably not going to displace Devia. But no. you'd expect late in games, you know, if we're resting uh, Ulysses for next game or whatever, he'll probably get you know ten fifteen minutes to show what he can do most rounds. Um, but you're right; it's a good call there. He's got to find and cement his position uh, and and force others out of it. Antonis Martis, fifty-two rated. I mean, that's probably not fair in terms of his actual ability on the field. But in terms of what he's uh, done so far in his career, I mean, he was at the FC Michelin uh, under twenty-one, so under twenty-three side, the youth side there, yeah. uh, captain of the team. But you know, not even getting into the first team in Denmark is is going to put you down there yeah. uh, in terms of world football, unfortunately. Um, but you know, again, his ceiling's quite high. He could go back to Michelin, or he could stay with Macarthur. I think either way, he's going to be improving with more eyes on him, more minutes in the legs. And Michael Roos, like, criminally underrated. You're going to give a striker 38 shooting. He's listed here as a right midfielder. I mean, maybe that's one of the positions he plays, but I think, you know, he showed what he can do for us as a striker, scored some important goals for us. And, uh, you know, not only that, but, like, linked up well in the play, was a real threat counter-attacking last season. That's just... He's underrated. Yeah, like, the, I'd like to find out the amount of, like, meters he ran with the ball at his feet last season because <laughs> like he had that string of you know five or six games where at least once or twice a game he just he carried 100 yards from our 18 yard box and dribble it all the way to the other 18 and rarely did he you know make a wrong decision he either like won a corner out of it or we ended up in a goal yeah so, he was such a handful for defenders um, but yeah i had a quick look at his stats and he only has 55 strength, which... If you've is seen, wrong. <laughs> if you've seen him play, he just... He bodies people. Who is that City defender he, like, scared the shit out of? Oh, <laughs> and he fell out. Uh, Stokes. Stokes, yeah. Like, the aura of him should at least be 80 strength. Yeah, it was, it was one of those ones. He just got, like, bodied off the ball. Yeah. And then, because he knew he couldn't catch him, he just went down yeah. appealing for the foul. Not happening, mate. Uh, but, yeah, for reference, Ruse, 55 strength, and... You know, Charles is strong, but he's got 56 strength. So, EA, do your work. Maybe they've gone to the gym and they've worked out how much Charles can bench. Well, and maybe it's a little bit more than Rusi. If you follow Charles on Instagram, you know, during the off-season he was getting a work in, you know, on the... I think they were just dragging all the gym equipment out into, like, a, a parking lot and just... Yeah, he, he was focused, hey? Yeah, he was putting in the work. Um, but, yeah, that concludes our FIFA rating segment uh, some top tier content there <laughs> trash <laughs> nah that's just uh, that's FIFA hey and that's Australian football unfortunately at the moment it's just looked at so so negatively but you know there's been a lot of positivity around the league lately with um, you know I, it has to be said we really did scoop Channel 7 and, and Channel 10 both of them have interviewed Michael Roos Charles Mambwa and uh, Tommy Urich in the last few days like if you want to find out what the players are thinking, just come to us, eh? No need to watch them. Yeah, we we got in there first. We disrupted, you know, the fan meeting with the players. Oh, I feel kind of bad, hey? <laughs> like, they've probably been, like, you know, had their gut run out earlier in the day for a morning session. 
told to get into the square, sit there for four hours and just sign. And then we're here sticking a microphone in their face. Look, hopefully it was a bit of fun for them. Uh, you know, we did get some permission uh, to do it. So we didn't just blindside them. Well, they were blindsided. They were blindsided. But, um, you know, we've, had, we've talked to Charles and Michael on the on the, Rizzi, before. On the show before. So, um, and Jake, of course. Yeah. Um, so we're not unfamiliar faces, but... Uh, I think we really frightened Jordan much. Like, yeah, <laughs> we well, came up to him, stuck a, a mic in his face, and he was looking at us like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. Uh, it's understandable. Like, we are... Obscure. Obscure. Um, <laughs> We're very niche content, but we really appreciate your viewership. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has to be said as well. Like, I really... Like, I know we only talked to him for a little bit, but I got a good vibe from that uh, Levi. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see him get on the field for a few minutes during halftime. Yeah, yeah. When we saw him running out, we were like, oh. Oh, he's I here. I think the bullpen even yeah. might have shouted out Levi or something. Mm. But no, nah, I think he's a good luck charm. I think we should keep him around. I like yeah. the kid. He'll come good. He'll displace hey, uh, human this season. We're being a bit facetious here, but no, in all seriousness, like he could impress at NPL level um, and you know eventually be our keeper, so... You never know yeah. what football holds. We should probably watch uh, some more of the Northbridge Bulls games because really last season we only watched the highlights. Um, <laughs> so our huge insights into the, <laughs> the NPL side were uh, greatly Minimal. exaggerated. <laughs> nah, true. But... Like, mostly speculation, but, um, you know, if they weren't, weren't like Northbridge, if they were... It's a bit know, of a trek. If they were in Campbelltown, I think... And, you know, if they're playing before MacArthur on some days... Well, originally they were scheduled to, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it, I'd love to see it. It'd be good to have a nice little double header. But what can you do? Because then you see who's coming through. Obviously, some huge moments last season. Um, yeah, I mean, see what Suman can do when he's not on the bench. Yeah. You saw Rus scored a bunch. Uh, Holman was playing really well. like Scoring free kicks for fun. Like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see, you know, the youth coming through. But um, we should jump into a bit of a preview of this weekend's opening fixture of the 2021-22 A-League season. Uh, we're up against Wellington Phoenix on Sunday night at Campbelltown Stadium. Should be a good little fixture, a good one to start us off with. I think uh, even though we've had quite a tumultuous pre-season, Wellington have been pretty similar there's been all the speculation over will they be able to play at home or will they have to come over here? And they only settled in at Wollongong a few weeks ago. Um, they had been playing and, and training in preseason over in Wellington before they came over, but it's another big ask for those players. And you feel sorry for the boys who have to uproot their lives, come over here again, mm. some of them leaving their families behind for a long time. So, um, you know, good on them for allowing the, the league to continue. But um, it doesn't make for the best footballing environment. Some of the players might feel a bit homesick yeah, and whatnot. Hopefully, you know, in a few months' time, we're able to, you know, have Wellington back in uh, New Zealand for those home games because we saw at the end of the last season when they had the home crowd behind them, they were just tearing sides apart. And it was a beautiful atmosphere. Like, yeah. obviously, they've been starved of football over in NZ. Record but setting you know, home crowds and stuff. 
Okay. It felt, I mean, the atmosphere was just like a Premier League game. Were you there? Well, it looked like it on, <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> no, as someone who actually watched the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked really sick. Yeah. Um, so we want to see Wellington obviously get back home, but they're going to spend at least another uh, season in their home away from home in Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Um, so they've obviously lost a few players. We'll just go through their departures and arrivals. So obviously we poached Ulysses de Villa. He's now our captain and it's much to the chagrin of um, the Wellington Phoenix supporters. A lot of salty uh, supporters calling Ulysses a snake on social media, which sucks, but, you know, their loss is our gain. Tom Ahmed has gone to Western Sydney Wanderers um, and he was their leading man last season for sure. I mean, we saw how dangerous he was when he played us um, in a couple games at Campbelltown last season, so a big loss for them. Cam Devlin's gone to... Jets? Well, he went to Jets, but he didn't play a game for the Jets. He got picked up by Hearts in really? in the Scottish Premier League, and he's starting for them, and he's playing really well. Ah, yeah. I didn't know he went to Hearts. Yeah, he went to Hearts, and they love, that, it. they love him. Yeah, I remember he, um, he signed for Jets, and then the narrative was all... Oh, Watch out for Jets this season. <laughs> um, but I didn't realise he went to Hearts. So. Yeah, a lot of people are tipping Jets to come bottom. But um, yeah, Kemp Devlin's a massive loss for them. And they've also lost lost um, Stefan Marinovic there. He was their starting keeper for parts of last season, but he got um, you know made pretty much redundant, Ollie Sale being the number one for them. And then Stephen Taylor has retired, and they're expecting him to go on for one more season. Obviously, Stephen Taylor, having previously played at Newcastle United in the Premier League, you're, you know, a very solid, experienced defender, but he'd had enough. So they've had to bring in some replacements. Um, they've got Gary Hooper back. Um, he was at Kerala Blasters for a season, but he previously played for Wellington Phoenix. Um, you know, previously had some experience over in the UK as well, particularly in the Scottish Premier League. Um, decent signing. Not as mobile as Tom Hamed and probably not as technical, but I guess similar to the style of play that Derbyshire brought to us. So he could be dangerous for them. Good finisher too. And they've also bought Luca Prusho, who we saw last year in Newcastle. He was one of their bright, bright stars um, in an otherwise really dull season for them. Technical player, decent attacking midfielder. Probably won't fill the shoes of Lisa's de Villa, but someone who's dangerous on his day. And they still have Piscopo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's solid left left mid, is he? Yeah, he's left midfielder, sometimes drifts into attacking mid. I mean, they're a solid side. They they really uh, seem to bat above their weight last season. And they always do. I mean, Wellington sides, they're that kind of team that always just misses the finals, but, you know, is a real banana skin for most teams. So it'll be... An interesting matchup against them. What do you think? How do you think we're going to play, and who's going to start? I think we'll see a much changed lineup um, in comparison to our FFA Cup fixture. Yeah, I think the midfield and the attack stays similar um, because I would say Urich comes in, but depending whether he's uh, match fit or not, um, maybe he makes an appearance off the bench after like sixty minutes or so. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start with Lockie up top. Um, just because, like Yurich said himself, he was just focusing on fitness first and foremost, and then getting involved with the team. So yeah, and I don't know whether um, any of the other boys are ready to go in up front, like Torre, potentially. But 
haven't seen much of him yet either. Well, um, it's some of the boys that have arrived later in preseason, like Al Hassan. We only signed fairly recently, like only a month or just yeah. over a month ago. So you'd imagine he's still, you know, getting to grips with things here, getting used to our play style. I don't think Ante would trust him just yet yeah. with starting. Um, so you could be right on that one. The, the real question is, yeah, who starts up front if it's not Urich? Yeah, I think it's Lockie, but... Um, and then I think out wide, we still stick with De Silva and Noon, obviously. Um, and then I think the midfield would stay the same, having the three of Munch, De Vere and uh, Monboy in there. Um, but then you've got to think that if McGing's ready to, ready to go, then he comes in at right back for us. Mm. Um, and then probably Meredith stays and then just depends on the day whether we go for two out of the three of Uzcock, Jovanovic and Shuznar, So You don't think Golic gets a start? Oh, maybe. You reckon? He could. I mean, it's I mean I, he could have been rested. He could have been yeah, rested for the... Rested. For the Wellington game. A week and a half before the Wellington game. <laughs> hey, he takes a while to start up, but once he gets going. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you reckon? Well, obviously, I think the keeper picks himself as well. Suman's going to get another go. Yeah. Um, we don't. We haven't heard about Kurto. I think he's still in quarantine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure MacArthur Bulls will announce his arrival on the training pitch when, yeah. when he gets in. But uh, you'd expect him, once he's up and running, to if not displace, at least seriously compete with Nick Suman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be good to see Suman. Cause even though like he had a couple saves to make, like that weren't super dangerous. He probably saved a goal. Yeah. Uh, there was one, probably the only opportunity Newcastle had. They sort of worked it down the left and then they somehow get got a shot away. Defense and I think Uzcock was still handing the bloke down, putting him off, but then he fires it sort of bottom right and you know Schumann got a hand up to put it out for a corner yeah could have been going wide but you had to have it covered yeah. um yeah Schumann I mean he played well he was good uh positionally like a lot of the time when it bounced through he was able to get it straight back to the our back line to be passing it through again um so we were able to keep the pressure on and his dis- distribution was pretty good um it'll be good for him I- I'd really like to see what he can do um obviously a little bit unproven but um you know, with a bit of confidence and, you know, if he keeps another clean shit at the weekend, he could be something special for us. And if Ante's got his arm around him and says, mate, just go out there, do your thing, like, that's huge for a young player. And it's, it's a huge opportunity for him now that Federici's not there. Yeah. Um, definitely excited to see what he can do because a lot of uh, games last season, he had some insane saves for the NPL side. So, yeah. Yeah. Love seeing the young boys come through. Yeah. And, uh, it's really important, I think, that we just give him a good homecoming as well. Like Ante Milicic was talking about, and he did a quick little interview segment with Channel 10 News. He's talking about how um, important the home record was. He says we have to improve our home uh, you know, results. So there's a lot of, I guess, internal pressure on the boys to get the result, but we've got to not get on their backs either. Because I know after how we performed last season there's a bit of expectation around this side. And when you look on paper, we're expecting, oh, this side's going to be quite good, going to be challenging for finals. Well, you but you just it. don't know until they get out there. We sort of had that same general um, anticipation for last season. Like, before we even kicked the ball, the, all the pundits and everything were like, oh, MacArthur had a chance to win the title. But then we sort of got dragged back down to reality last season. <laughs> yeah. Did a decent finals run. 
to make the semis. But, um, you know, I think overall we just got to temper, temper our, our expectations. expectations. If we can get to the finals again, then that's that's all that's all we need. That's all we need. We don't have to finish seventh. No, we just got to put ourselves in there and we're with a chance. I mean, more heroics from Charles and, and Michael Roos could could do us really well in those finals. Um, but you never know, more, more heroes could step up as well. Um, I'm just really looking forward to football being back in Campbelltown. Yeah, 100%. Um, hopefully we can see some good numbers on the weekend, but um, I think we'll see it like last season, how it just took a while to build the momentum um, with the attendance numbers. So Yeah, and you don't know how people feel like, I mean, I feel pretty confident now that COVID's over and yeah, like we've got those COVID. freedoms, but... Uh, some people are a little bit more tentative and, um, you know, won't want to mingle, you know, in a place with lots of people. So it'll be interesting, but, uh, you know, we've got to get out there and support the boys and, and, and get them across the line. Before we go, some predictions, but, um, speaking of finals, there's actually a new finals format oh, true. for this season. Yeah, we should so let know. The team finishing third on the ladder will play against the team that finishes sixth and then fourth versus fifth in a single leg final, just as normal and yep. then decides to finish first and second versus you know the winner of the other two games you know home and away leg so they get rested the first week yeah they get rested the first week first and second and then it goes to like a home and away um, sort of Champions League semis final which are I think is interesting yeah that's that's really good because you know your team gets to semis and if or the elimination final and um you know, you might not be able to see them, yeah. especially if they're playing an interstate team. Like, yeah, if you're playing in Melbourne, which we were meant to, but then luckily it got moved to Sydney for yeah. the semis game. I mean, it sucked that we lost, but like, it was a good spectacle yeah. for those who were there. Um, so yeah, and then they're playing the home and away legs. I assume they'll have the away goals rule. You sort of have to if you're having that format. Yeah, yeah, unless they go like <laughs> penalty shootout. Golden goal. <laughs> Golden goal. Um, and then the grand final the week after those two legs are done so yeah and they're usually hosted in I, well, the top top finishing place but in the biggest capacity stadium they can get so I imagine like it's probably not going to happen but if we finish first and we go for all the way through to the final I don't think I don't know if we're playing at Campbell Town it'd be a, an insane spectacle because you wouldn't see the bullpen on TV <laughs> um, but to be fair hopefully 10 knows to cut to the active support. Like yeah. Fox eventually learned to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, just excited for some more football in MacArthur. Yeah, that's it, man. Well, uh, we hope to see you there on the weekend. and uh, Some predictions. Oh, of course. What do you... I, I think... What are you having? I think we'll get up 1-0. I think it'll be like a much more testing game than we saw last weekend. Um I think we'll grab one in like the 70th minute. I'll call it um, noon or swing a cross in. It'll miss everyone and it'll go in the back post. Oh, that's that's a good call. I, I'd like to know the odds on that. I reckon it's like they'd be paying 20 bucks. So. Yeah. If Tommy Urich is on the pitch, I think he gets a header. Yeah. Um, I reckon it'll be a low scoring game as well. Uh, but we'll get up. I, I think so. It'd be good to start the season with three points. Um, and I'm sure the boys are going to want to achieve that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, 1-0 or like a 2-1 or something. Just because I think 
our defence is still a little bit shaky, still leaves a bit to be desired. Um, you know, at the A-League level, you think. Yeah, if he starts Uzcock um, with, you know, obviously either Sushnya or Jovanovic, it could be a, an issue in communication. Like, yeah, they've been drilling all pre-season, but you don't know until you're out there against quality opposition how you're going to react in certain situations. And so much of defending is like knowing where your peer is going to be, where your, where your other player is going to be, yeah. uh, and reacting to that. So if the communication is not spot on, uh, you know, it could cause dramas for us. And, you know, with the amount of attacking talent we have, uh, you would expect goals galore, but I think we saw it in the, you know, a bit of the first half, like the first 30 minutes or so against Newcastle um, Olympic, it can be a bit stagnant at times still. Um, obviously, these players need to work out how to play together and what, you know... What each other's going to do. What each other's going to do, how we're going to break down the opposition, and it'll take a while for that to come together. But you just worry against, you know, an A-League level side like Wellington, whether we'll get to the final third and then be stagnant again and just rely on 23 crosses from Craig Moon and rely on him to get three assists again. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Anytime we get three, a player gets three assists, it's a good game. But uh, yeah, we want to vary it up a bit. And you never know, like, Wellington could, could very much try and press us more on the wings, shut down our crosses, which then will just leave more room for De Villa to work his magic. And you know what? I know I predicted Craig Noon crossing, but... To be spicy, I reckon De Villa could get the goal as well. Cool. Mate, that, that'd be a, a warm welcome to MacArthur. Yeah. For De Villa with the uh, bags on for us. Mm. Curling outside the box or just edge of the box like he did on the weekend. Outside except... the box. It's a big call. Well, we didn't score a single outside the box goal. But have you seen him play? Yes. He's fucking mad. De Silva too can... Can hit him. I mean, De Silva, if he can continue his 100% scoring record at, at uh, Campbelltown Stadium. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Imagine. <laughs> How many goals is that minimum? Like 12 or something? Oh, yeah, over across How the season. How many games do we have? Yeah. yeah. 12, 13. Um, yeah, that'd be sick. But we'll have to wait and see. So hopefully you just get down there on the weekend, support the boys, Campbelltown Stadium, at 5pm on Sunday evening for round one. Let's go, you balls. Yeah. Make sure you like and subscribe. Those uh, likes really push us up in the algorithm, get us out to more fans. So, uh, yeah, hopefully more people subscribe and we can, you know, evangelize people towards the MacArthur Bulls. And if you like our stuff, just let your friends know. Yeah. Word of mouth is the best. uh... Share the shit out of that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.